For Tuesday, December 21st, it's the early word from the WNYC Newsroom. Hi there, I'm Isaac Davey Aronson with a look at this morning's top news, the day ahead, and reporting highlights from the WNYC News team. Coming up, Karen DeWitt on Governor Patterson's Yankee ticket scandal, Bob Henley on the city's payroll system scandal, and a scandalous number of Christmas lights in Brooklyn. We start with this morning's top headlines just ahead. The Early Word is a production of WNYC Radio. You can support this podcast by making a donation at WNYC.org, where you can also get the latest updates on this morning's headlines on the news page. President Obama has been lobbying by phone to sway Republican senators to support a new nuclear arms treaty with Russia. More Republicans are peeling away from the position of their Senate leadership. Scott Brown of Massachusetts says he'll vote yes. Johnny Isaacson of Georgia now says he's leaning that way. A two-thirds majority is needed to ratify the agreement, which was signed in April. New York elected officials are calling on the U.S. Senate to approve the James Zadroga 9-11 Health and Compensation Act. WNYC's Fred Mogul reports the bill would provide money for the treatment and compensation of workers and residents who fell ill from the aftermath of the World Trade Center attacks. The House passed a version earlier this fall. Senate Republicans prevented a vote on the bill two weeks ago as part of a blanket filibuster until the Bush-era tax cuts were extended. Mayor Bloomberg says now that a budget deal has been approved, it's the Senate's turn to take up the Zadroga bill. Very simply, it's time to end the debate and let the bill be voted on. Democrats believe they have enough GOP support to pass the measure after shaving more than a billion dollars off the $7.4 billion price tag. Majority Leader Harry Reid has promised a vote, but only after the Senate finishes dealing with the Russian arms control treaty. If the Zadroga bill wins Senate approval, the revised version goes back to the House for a vote. For WNYC, I'm Fred Mogul. New York's highest court has rejected a Long Island Democratic state senator's request for a recount in his razor-thin defeat by a Republican. The decision means Senator Craig Johnson's loss stands, and Republicans will retake control of the Senate in January with a 32-30 to majority. Senator Johnson didn't attend the court hearing, but Victor Jack Martins did. Martins says he's eager to get going. Traditionally, you have a two-month transition period. Uh, Our transition period has been uh, reduced to two weeks because of the process. Uh, We're looking forward to moving forward. Martins defeated Johnson by 451 votes out of nearly 85,000 cast. Governor Patterson's being fined more than $62,000 by the state's ethics panel for asking for and getting free tickets to a Yankees World Series game last year. As Karen DeWitt reports, the panel says the governor gave false testimony when he testified he'd always planned on paying for them. The Public Integrity Commission says the free tickets were a clear conflict because the Yankees lobbied before state government on a number of issues. Patterson told the panel that he had intended to pay for the tickets, and he eventually did, but testimony by Yankees officials and members of the governor's staff refuted that. Patterson still faces potential charges of perjury over his conflicting testimony. The case has been given to Albany DA David Soares. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. Patterson's attorney, Theodore Wells, says the Public Integrity Commission's own hearing officer didn't find that the governor gave false testimony and recommended a far lower fine of $10,000. He says the commission exceeded its legal authority and calls the fine outrageous. A year after New York lawmakers approved sweeping changes to the Rockefeller drug laws, a state assembly committee met in Manhattan yesterday to hear how things are going in the courts and on the streets. Sean Byrne, acting commissioner of the state's Division of Criminal Justice Services, offered an upbeat assessment. The impact of this reform after the first year is both dramatic and well-documented. 
1,000 fewer people went to prison in the first year, and more are participating in treatment. Burns says 442 offenders have been resentenced, and nearly 350 of those have been released under the reform. It gives judges discretion to give lower-level offenders lighter sentences or send them to drug courts and treatment programs. But lawyers and advocates for convicts testified that there hasn't been enough coordination between state agencies and community organizations to help those who are released or diverted to treatment. Fallout from the criminal probe that led to the arrest of four city contractors on the City Time project continues. WNYC's Bob Henley reports the Bloomberg administration is now taking a second look at other information technology contracts. Mayor Bloomberg has already suspended the official in charge of monitoring the contract. Now he's taking another step. I directed Deputy Mayor Goldsmith to begin a broader review uh, effort to review subcontracting, consulting, billing, and record-keeping practices in all large information technology projects. And aide says those contracts are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Brooklyn City Councilwoman Letitia James, a longtime critic of the city's outsourcing, wants city council hearings into how the alleged fraud masterminds eluded existing city controls. It ran years behind schedule and more than $600 million above its original estimate. For WNYC, I'm Bob Henley. Taking a look at today's calendar, the Census Bureau is releasing state population totals that dictate how the nation reapportions House districts, and New York could see its congressional delegation shrink. New net neutrality rules aimed at preventing Internet service providers from giving preferential treatment to, say, content providers who pay for faster service now have just enough votes to pass the Federal Communications Commission today. On Capitol Hill, first responders who became sick after exposure to dust at Ground Zero will share their stories and call on Congress to pass the 9-11 health bill, along with members of the New York and New Jersey congressional delegations. On the 22nd anniversary of the Lockerbie bombing, New Jersey Senator Robert Menendez briefs the press on his office's investigation into the release of convicted bomber Abdel Basset al-Megraki. In New York, a seven-foot-tall numeral one to be included in the 2011 sign displayed in Times Square on New Year's Eve arrives at Times Square in its own limousine. And it's the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. It's also the first time in nearly four centuries that the solstice has coincided with a total lunar eclipse. So in addition to being the shortest day of the year, it may also be the spookiest day of the year. Just a few of the things happening this Tuesday. Well, of course, many homeowners decorate their houses with lights for the holiday season, but some take it to a whole different level. One such house on Flatland Avenue and East 93rd Street in Canarsie, Brooklyn, has been a neighborhood attraction for decades. It features dozens of robotic elves and reindeer, a rotating Ferris wheel, and, of course, lots and lots of lights. It's more lights than I've ever seen. When I first started coming here, it wasn't as... As right now, we can see it from at least eight blocks back. So, <laughs> Ebony Roberts lives in Canarsie. She says the house gives neighbors an excuse to get together. Neighbors like Sunday Cruz. I've been coming since I was a little girl with my family. Yeah. And the kids love it. They come from all over. Right, girls? Yes, yeah. I love it. It's wonderful. The South Brooklyn neighborhood of Diker Heights is also particularly famous for its over-the-top displays. This year they include blow-up Santas, 20-foot-tall nutcrackers, and a blinding array of flickering colored lights. 
Brian Marino grew up in the area. He says decorating for the holidays isn't really connected to religious observance. When it comes to decoration and lights and stuff like that, I think that's more of a tradition. I don't think that that's how you celebrate Christmas. You know, Christmas is about the birth of Jesus, when it has nothing to do with lights. To see the lights at Marino's house, head to our culture page. What's the best decorated house in your neighborhood? Submit your photographs by clicking on culture at WNYC.org. We'll wrap up with the gig alert, our look at tonight's music scene. Asian-American pianist Helen Sung grew up in Houston, Texas, and is something of a rising star in the jazz world. Sung has impressed critics with her technical virtuosity and swinging solo style. This September, she released an album called Going Express, which was recorded live at the Jazz Standard. It includes this song, Hope Springs Eternally. You can hear Helen's song tonight at the Jazz Standard or download this song on our culture site. Just click on culture at wnyc.org. And you can learn more about all the stories you heard here, download more podcasts, and go in-depth with our reporters on the news blog. It's all at our website, wnyc.org. You can hear us there 24 hours a day, as well as on the air at 93.9 FM and AM820. From the WNYC Newsroom, I'm Isaac Davey Aronson. Have a great day.